This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. As I sit here this morning, it's uh, it just hit six o'clock. I've been going through the numbers for a few of the clients that I'm working with, and I know that the podcast has talked a lot about numbers recently, which I get it. It's not sexy, but it's critically important. And I say this as somebody that's not necessarily a numbers guy anymore. Um, I could do math when I was a kid, but it's not my preferred thing to be doing normally. It just happens to be something that matters so much that I got really good at being able to look at the numbers and start to identify things. So why do I keep coming back to this? I have a podcast. Let's talk about numbers. You know, things about debt. All of these times that I've gone through that, why do I keep coming back? The horse is dead. Why do you continue to beat it, Mike? Well, because it matters, damn it. (laughs) At the end of the day, this is a critically important thing to know. And why? Well, no matter what the White House says, we're in a recession. And this is not a political podcast, but when you redefine the numbers to fit your narrative, your narrative is trash. In a similar way in business, if you have to change your numbers to make the story better, your business might be trash. And that's okay. Because if you accept that and you take accountability of it instead of pawning off blame and excuses, things can be fixed. And that's where what I'm doing today comes into play. And today I want to talk about three clients that I'm working with. Names withheld to protect the innocent, obviously. But three companies that are at different inflection points that you might be in inside of your business. Because there's three types of companies that need to know their numbers. The startup, who's pre-revenue. The early stage business that potentially needs funding to expand capacity. And then the more mature business that is starting to put the pieces together so that they can have a quality exit. You see, what's interesting in this season of my life is I'm helping folks in all three of those stages And additionally, folks that are in the straight-up acquisition stage. So why don't we start with the pre-revenue startup? See, there's something called a pro forma. And to be candid, most of my work in finance has been more in the financial transaction side, uh, client business. Wasn't necessarily where I was focused in. But I was, for the better part of a decade, focused on being able to take your financials, all of your information, and then match that up with 
solution sets that help mitigate the risk factors for your plan. So whether it was, I mean, simply enough, making sure you didn't run out of money, helping you diversify away from more risky ways to generate baseline revenue. There's so many different ways that I could go into, whether it was interest rate arbitrage, um, doing, excuse me, different insurance products versus investment products and minimizing the beta inside of your portfolio while allowing you to capture enough alpha to continue to grow your portfolio and ways to de-risk different markets that you might normally need to be invested in, but not be a fan of their return profile over time. And a lot of people say, well, Mike, that has nothing to do with business. Well, the good news is it has everything to do with business because at the end of the day, you're still doing the same risk analysis. You're doing the same upside potential calculations. It's all very similar. And I didn't realize that until I started to have feedback where the businesses that I was working with needed documents and I'd never heard the words that the person requesting it had asked for. So then I got deep into the weeds and started to relearn how to do the build. And while this is something that you can pay tens of thousands of dollars to specialists to put together for you. I did it for my clients because one, I have a background in quantitative analysis and two, I was genuinely interested in the process so that I could bring it to other people and help them as well. So there was a thing called a pro forma, which I'd relate it to a prospectus essentially for uh, some of the other things that I've worked in over time. And the prospectus, or in this case, the pro forma for somebody that's pre-revenue, is a fancy version of your business plan. How's it all going to work out in an ideal situation? And it combines a lot of different things. The SWOT that we hear about in entrepreneurship school. So what are your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats? Great. That's fine. But it really dives into also the marketing plan. Who's your target market? Where are you going to get them? And it's something that for my startup clients, it's been very insightful to help them work through. Because as I do that, I see that there could be areas of opportunity in my business to refine my target market, to refine my model by just that little bit more. And in the startup one, the reason this model matters so much is if you're looking for investors during the beginning of a recession, you need to have your game on point. You need to know all of your numbers. You need to know exactly what's going on. And that includes your personal financial statement. If you're going to be leveraging debt or if you're looking to bring on partners, what's your actual plan to generate these initial clients that are going to come through the door, especially if you're selling a subscription model. Again, these things are very fascinating, 
because it gives me the ability to then go back to the entrepreneur and say, hey, in your pro forma that you sent me, you don't have a lot of detail. There's words that make this sound great, but they don't actually mean anything. So let's let's get this nice and crisp, nice and concise. It's no different than when I do sales leadership training, whether it was in direct sales or in financial markets. Let's figure out what the intention is and clearly delineate what that's going to be. That way, we can start to put together the plan for what it's going to look like. How are we going to engage this capital to help grow this business once it goes live? And can we get pre-revenue before it even does go live? And that comes back to knowing your numbers. When one says, in my local market, I'm going to take clients from company A, B, and C. I mean, it sounds cool, but... What are you going to do to do that? What's the targeted effort? Why is somebody going to want to convert to being with you? And that all goes into the documentation. And you need to have that so that people understand what your plan is before they give you that capital. So that's a little bit about the pre-revenue startup side of the house. So let's talk about another gap that a lot of the clients that I'm working with face and that's they've been open for a little while and they need an infusion of cash to accelerate their process. Now to be clear, this isn't, Hey, we've been open for a year and things haven't gone well. So we need more money. That's a different conversation than the one that I'm having in this space. Uh, That's something that we can talk a little bit about more. Feel free to reach out to me, uh, michaeldemo.com. I've got a calendar link. That's pretty much all the website's for is to give you a way to get a hold of me. So, spoiler alert, it's not some fancy website with widgets. That's not the point. The point is to be able to get you over to have the conversation to help fix your business. At the end of the day, that's really all I care about. But for these companies, so say you've been around for, I don't know, a year. You've done a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Well, especially if you make a physical product or good, there's a significant cost benefit to doing things in bulk. just happens to be. There's a benefit to being able to open additional markets if you have physical goods. And that's not cheap. Just being real with you. Like there's, there's a cost behind physical goods. And you need to know what that is. So there's something called COGS, Cost of Goods and Services. I can't tell you how many businesses I've talked to that don't know the actual cost of their good or service. Now, you might think that's only in like manufacturing or a physical product sense, but I've had SaaS companies that came to me for help and I asked them, what's their cost of goods and service? Like, Mike, it's... It's on an app. It's like, cool. But even with that, are you going to have this on a cloud? Okay. So what's the fractional cost for all those, you know, whether it's gigabytes, megabytes, terabytes? What's the data cost 
our data storage cost? Are you using a private server? How much does that cost? And based on how many clients you have, what's the fractional cost per client? There's so many different things that even in the information technology space, there's still a cost of good and service. Do you know what it is? If you have an e-store, Shopify, whatever it is, like, do you know what your actual cost of goods are? A lot of times people don't. But that same understanding of what are the embedded costs and everything, whether it's a direct cost that's related to creating that product or a regular cost that's just part of running a business, do you know what that is? And very importantly, how much of your costs are not direct costs? You know, are the people that work for you a profit center or a cost center? It's important to know. It's an important thing to delineate the two of those types of employees because your sales team is a profit-driving center. The service team is a cost center. It's important to mitigate the costs on both sides of that, but it's good to be able to understand what are the things that drive your revenue versus the things that take away your revenue or at least your profit. And in some of these companies that are looking to grow they don't have all this stuff built out and when the bank or the angel investor or the private equity fund or the venture capitalist that you go to says no or no thank you or maybe some other time a lot of the times it's because they can't see the trees to the forest because you haven't been able to clearly make your case because you can have the best branding. You can have the best social media campaigns, all of those things. But if you can't show how the infusion of cash is going to be a one-time hit, that's going to just moonshot your business. They're going to say, all right, well, so I give you, I don't know, a million bucks, whatever it is. But is that going to be enough? Do you need? Are you going to need to keep coming back? Or is this thing truly going to take off? And if you're looking to go into additional markets, what's your strategy? You know, when you're, say, in your local market, you don't have a really good plan usually for how you're going to expand. And... I'll use a landscaper as an example because I was just talking to my landscaper uh, this week. He's niched down mostly into the town that I'm in. Sweet. What's your plan for the west part of town, the east part of town, the center part of town? You can expand that out into I'm in Connecticut. I want to expand into New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all the states around me. What's my plan to engage in those markets do I need to have somebody local there for use construction as an example? Do I need an estimator in each one of those states? Do I need a wholesaler in each one of those states if it's a good or service? Um, those are some of the things that need to go into the plan. And you need to have a rough idea for what that's going to cost. You know, At a certain level of maturity, you need also to have fun things like a CFO suite of some sort. I mean, whatever it is, it's up to you. 
but there's some options out there for sure. You know, like everyone thinks, oh, well, I need to have a CFO, which means I'm going to spend a lot of money. I have plenty of people that can do virtual fractional CFO work for you. They're veterans because that tends to be my uh, preference for when I make a recommendation. But they're also very good at their job. It's not just because they're veterans. They're also extremely qualified. But having the information, here's how to go forward, is critically important. And if you don't have your numbers and have the immediate ability to have reporting and have somebody that is capable of doing those things, investors are going to turn away from you and you're going to be left with trying to have what equates to payday loans to start to build your business. And debt becomes more expensive the less organized your presentation is. But also, when you have the conversation, to be able to do it from a position of strength, hey, you give us this million dollars, here's what we're going to leverage. We're going to get a break point in our manufacturing, which is going to drop our cost of goods by 20%. We're also going to be able to, in the new states that we're going to establish distribution, be able to push product to them within 30 days, set up agreements with, say it's a retail product, um, another thousand. We're going to target these particular brands to work with and get distribution with all of their stores in that state. Whatever it might be, you need to, as that early on business, have the idea well thought out so you know what the next steps are going to be. Too often we get stuck in the day-to-day of our business and instead of being the CEO, we become the COO. And in some cases, we just become an employee that happens to make more money than everybody else. And that doesn't work. But those are some of the things that that early stage business, you know, a couple months to a couple years in, that's what you're facing. But again, it comes back to knowing your numbers. Because you need to be able to explain to somebody how your profit's going to grow, how the revenue's going to go. How are you going to pay the debt service if they give you a loan? People want to know these things. Especially if the number that you're asking for is a multiple of revenue versus a percentage of revenue. Example, if you bring in, say, half a million dollars a year, but you need a million dollars, that's a 2x multiple of your revenue. They're going to have questions. Well, you haven't even made this much money yet. Why should we give you that much money? You need to be able to show the multiplicative factor of what that money is going to do for your business so they can understand how you're going to cash flow the debt. You know, there's another deal that I'm helping do. Uh, Again, this is a a pre-revenue, but they're asking for, I mean, it's an eight-figure deal, but they're asking for, call it five times what any assets that they have to work as a guarantor for the deal. Not a lot of people are going to want to do that. Matter of fact, if you're using hard assets to back it because you're pre-revenue, you might get a percentage of what your asset is worth compared to a multiple think when you buy a house. I want to buy a house. It's $500,000. 
can you give me a million dollars? They're like, no, but I can give you an 80% loan to value, which is your standard 20% down payment mortgage, just using that as an example. So that that's a little bit of a dead horse beat. So why don't we talk a little bit about that business that's been around for a while and is looking to either run more smoothly or eventually, which this next part, all businesses are at this stage looking to have an exit. And I say this company that's looking to have an exit because let's say you've been open for five years, pretty consistent business, maybe not a rock star business, but it's been around. Why do I say that you want a business that's going to have a high multiple exit? You might not want to sell your business. That's true, and that's great. But you also don't want to be working inside of your business 20 hours a day. And the process to build your business so that you can have a maximum multiple exit is the exact same process that you need to have a business that can run even when you're on vacation. So when I use the term ready for an exit, really that's a business that you'd want to own anyway. And that's what we're looking for is a business that can consistently create not only just revenue, but also growth, even when you're on the beach. So I had a conversation with one of my clients this week that's in that space. And in the six months that we've been working together, we've been able to create 42% top-line revenue growth. We haven't spent any money on advertising. We haven't spent money on a gee whiz, look at this website. We haven't raised prices. We haven't opened up new markets. We haven't done any of that. What we've been doing is getting ruthlessly efficient at the core business in order to get it ready for expansion. The idea behind this business is to open up multiple locations, and then have an exit. Now, what's interesting about that is in order to have multiple exits, you essentially need to have your business working so well that like, it could be a franchise or people could franchise off of your idea, which means that your data and your numbers have to be just ridiculously clean and true. So for this client... We've been working on getting data reporting pretty much since the day that we started working. It's been a pain for everybody involved. And the amount of unneeded stress and perseveration about what are my numbers, how am I doing, what's going to happen, and not having the ability to have a predictive revenue flow because we don't know what the numbers are. It's just amazing. And it's something that your CPA, if they don't provide you a monthly closeout by the 15th of every month, it's either because you didn't get them the information, which, I mean, for the love of God, if you don't have something like QuickBooks, just get it, pay the money. Um, Your billable to your CPA is going to be more for them to figure it out than it is going to be for your subscription. Like, just do it. But like, once you have those numbers, it no longer becomes... A guessing game, it becomes tracking the results. 
So for this client, in the last month, we've bumped up the EBITDA by 10%. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but 10% over the course of a year means another $100,000 in this individual's pocket. Just by knowing numbers and identifying where the cost centers and revenue centers are and making the adjustments needed to make sure that that's working efficiently. All of this is blocking and tackling, but a lot of established business owners don't have these things in place either. So you need to start to focus on it now because if you're looking to do an exit, the company's going to go back a couple years and want to see all the I's dotted, T's crossed. And let's say you're in an industry where the average multiple is 10. If you don't have all of this, one, you might not actually sell your business, but you might sell it for a three instead of a 10. If you're doing a million dollars in profit, let's say, that's a difference between getting a check for $10 million and getting a check for $3 million. And you might say, oh, well, $3 million is great. Yeah, but if I told you that for $200,000, we can get you a $10 million check instead of a $3 million check, well, that seems like a good idea to me. And that's what I'm doing with this client. The numbers are actually a little bit further north, but it's the same concept. You need to be able to track your numbers, track your cost of goods and services so that we can properly price the offering in the market and start to do the expansion. You see, as new markets open for this particular business, these satellite offices, we need to know what it's going to take for them to be profitable because it sounds good. Hey, we'll bring in another million dollars per location, but is that additional million dollars going to cost $1.5 million to generate? We don't know because we don't have our numbers, which is why it's critically important to track your data, track your numbers, and then do a monthly review at the very least. You know, there's leading indicators and following indicators, but once a month going through the numbers and seeing where we are, those are important things to do. So that's a little bit about what I've had going on, honestly, for the last month, but really this week it's been brought into laser focus. And I wanted to share this with you because whether you're considering buying a business, starting a business, you've been in business for a little while, or you're even a seasoned professional, there's a very good chance that you don't have all the data for your business. And while your business on social media might look successful, there's a good chance like this client that I've been working with that we can get 40% growth in a couple months just by being more efficient with that. Heck, if you would be open to bumping up your month over month in your pocket profit, that's something that we just did. And it came from simply doing reviews of where the costs are where the revenue generating costs are, where the ones that are just servicing side, what are those and what can we do to make those more optimized? It's a beautiful thing to be able to put another 20 grand in your pocket just because you paid attention. It's really all it was. But my name is Mike Demo. 
I look forward to the ability to talk to you. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Find me. It's Mike Demo. Pretty easy to get me there. Uh, been doing a little bit more on Facebook. Again, Mike Demo. Uh, my website, michaeldemo.com. And I will be launching Grow With Delta, my LLC's website. Just got a couple things that I want to shift around in there uh, before we start to use that. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I don't currently have a consultation charge, but I promise you if I'm the one that can help you, we're going to make you a lot more money. And if I'm not, I've got a Rolodex of people that are fantastic that will be able to help serve your particular niche. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Intentional Disruption Podcast. If this brought you value, please leave a five-second review on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or the app that you listen to. My goal is to help small business owners, and a rating will help take this podcast from its current rating as a top 10% worldwide and bump that up to a top 1%. So your assistance is appreciated. And as always, you can reach out to me directly, uh, michaeldemo.com. There's a calendar link, and you can go ahead and set time on my schedule. Thank you.